from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is the Thai Cats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Thai Cats This Week. I'm RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Luke, you're back. How you been? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I, I am uh, love to get back here in the mix. I'm back in the uh, lower 48, they call it, from Alaska and uh, getting ready for Monday. What's the weather like in Alaska? Is it cold yet? Uh, it was already effectively winter. It snowed for the first few yeah. days we were there. And not, not an Alaskan winter, but, you know, it's still still fall for, for them. But uh, the days weren't... Uh, I was looking forward to like getting to see some of some, uh, you know, it's crazy short days in the winter and long in the summer, but in the fall, it happens to be very normal daylight hours. So that was sort of, uh, you know, an eight to eight type of thing for sunlight, which is normal, but uh, cold weather. It's kind of, kind of nice to come back here for a few weeks of warm before our, our uh, temperatures start dropping. Yeah. we well, looks like we're going to get pretty lucky for Thanksgiving Monday for the game against the Argonauts. It should be a, a beautiful day. So fingers crossed on that. Um, Got to ask you, Luke, like four and four record. They've already, Tiger Cats have already lost more than the 2019 season, the 18 game season that you were a part of. We've seen some good, some really good. We've seen some not so good. There's been lots of injuries, lots of inconsistencies. I guess with a year off because of COVID, maybe we shouldn't be super surprised by inconsistencies, but are you at all surprised by the first eight games of the season? You know what? A little bit I am. Um, I just am still so anxious and excited to see a what I would call a fully operational Ticats offense. I want to see some some aerial attack, right? And now yeah. we're all watching, and that makes the game exciting. It's it's The CFL is bent towards and lends itself to passing offenses. Uh, we just haven't gotten a, a great picture of that this year so far. So in that in that sense, uh, yeah, a little bit surprised. But it's a new year. The reality is that that the East still hangs to be taken by any by whatever team. And Ottawa with a diff, with a tough loss uh, to Toronto on Wednesday. Uh, even they're they're not out of this yet. You know they're still they're still fighting for a chance at, at, a, at the playoffs, and nothing's been decided yet. And so, um, in the Task and Two show this year, this uh, week rather, Andy and I were discussing that there were there were years uh, during our careers with the Tie Cats where not only if you didn't put a perfect game out there, we we were we ended up losing. It seemed like it's not only that. It's that everything had to be – you had to fire on all cylinders, and sometimes even you'd have a great game and you'd come out behind. But, you know, it was it, – it, where this year the defense, the special teams, the complementary football are allowing the Ticats to win games without a without a sort of classic uh, Tommy Condell high-scoring, uh, you know, 300-plus passing yard type of performances. And so – it's different, yes, but the playoffs, the real important thing, first place in the East and a chance at the Grey Cup is still so much within grasp. It's kind of like, whatever, let's just win games however it takes to win games. And Monday we might see the same thing. You know, I'm not going to be shocked if, if there's not, nothing close to 300 yards passing and still the Ticats are able to, to come out on top. Yeah, that's the great point is they're still right there, still battling for first place and obviously a huge, huge game against the Argos. They'll only have – four days off in between games. And that, that was a weird game against Ottawa that they had too. hardly any scoring in the 
first half and then uh, 27 points or whatever uh, yeah. the Argos scored in the third quarter, a couple of defensive returns for touchdowns and a lot of talk about Chris Jones as their defensive coordinator and different looks and is he that much of a, of a genius and a, and a concern for other teams' offenses? Well, I think it speaks really highly for him as to the changes that have been made in the, in the uh, few weeks that he's been a part of the, of the Argonaut organization. And I, I think he does bring with him, I think it's followed him around the CFL, he does bring a certain confidence or swagger to his defenses that he's a part of. I mean, they had three interceptions, or I think it's five interceptions over the last, of the last two games. It's hard, to, it's hard to lose games when you're stealing the ball away that efficiently. Genius. I don't know. You know, it, it's a really, it's a really complicated team team sport. But I, I think that he brings some immediate effects. He obviously does. Does I should say, if I'm the Tie Cats right now, and they have done a decent job of this in the games that they've struggled offensively but managed to win, they have not turned the ball over. And I think you're playing against a defense who is hot and confident. And with Chris Jones, he's those guys are. Those guys are practicing stripping the ball out. They're talking about not only how to intercept the ball, they're talking about what, what to do after they've intersected the ball. They're probably setting up blocking schemes as defensive players once, they've, once the ball has been turned over. You have to, you have to prevent offensive turnovers going into a, a Chris Jones defense. And you look at the statistics, they don't lie for the Tiger Cats. Those two turnovers against Montreal, first time yep. they've had multiple turnovers in a game since – week two and week one and those weeks didn't go great for the Tiger Cats going into that game against Montreal with Jeremiah Masoli back at quarterback and Braylon Addison in and Brandon Banks back I had some pretty high expectations for this for the offense in that game and I think a lot of Tiger Cats fans would agree they they weren't lights out on offense again is that kind of to be expected with getting back together and Braylon Addison, his first game, Masoli hasn't played much in the last few years, and, and Brandon makes, Banks missed a few games. So going forward, can we expect a, a little more cohesive offense? Yeah, I think so. But, I, you know, I, I don't think that it was really to be expected. I think a lot of us, and I, I would put myself in this mix here, that I really, I really thought right off the bat maybe we would see a different-looking Ticats offense. Um, I think that you could argue – that one more uh, piece will be added to the, to the working machine of the Ticats offense and Chris Van Zyl probably making a return this week. So, you know, uh, you know, getting a little bit uh, of a stronger protection in front of Jeremiah Mazzoli with some of those weapons back that he had last week. Again, there's always something that we're missing from an outsider's perspective. I, I always, I, I really truly felt this as a player that the story would get written that, let's say the receivers are back. Can Jeremiah Mazzoli put together the, the, the offense that we knew and had seen in years past? And when that didn't, we can't quite capture about this team right now, but I wonder Chris Van Zyl comes in and there might be a certain, a certain level of confidence or comfort, um, uh, just experience that he adds to the, to the entire offensive uh, approach. That might be another thing that 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 pushes them yeah, over the edge and in, and back into a place of really really um, efficient passing. Again, just because Braylon Addison is back, 
it's you're never playing at 100%. Brandon Banks, we know that he's been dealing with things all season. So it's that there are there are those things that we can't quite see as easily from our uh, from our perspective as onlookers. Um, I do have hopes that still, uh, as the season progresses, that that we are going to see a, an efficient uh, passing approach. Though I I do believe that they will get there. And we are recording this on Friday, so it's a few days before the game. Um, Speedy B questionable if he's going to be able to play. Frankie Williams, we don't know if he'll be able to play. So those are a, a couple of pretty big holes too. Just looking at some numbers, Luke, and I asked Coach O about it. The fourth quarters for the Tiger Cats, the last three games they've been outscored in the fourth quarter, six of eight games this year they've been outscored in the fourth quarter. And he had a good answer, just there's every game's different. You, you, circumstances are, are always different. But is there any reason for Tiger Cats fans to be concerned that late in games the Tiger Cats are being outscored? Uh, yeah, I think that, that is a telling statistic in my opinion, and, you, and you're going against a team who just scored 27 points in the third quarter. Um, uh, the way that you finish, the way that you, the way that you uh, complete a defensive game, because the Ticats defense has been, for the most part, very impressive this year. But there's been some of these last uh, end-of-game drives uh, that have been successful for opposing teams. It's interesting, right? Because that last, that, those, those game-ending drives – when a team is putting it all on the table, well, you've got an extra, you're not going to punt anyway. So you're, you're playing three downs to, to, uh, uh, to get a first down. You're, you're playing a little bit more high risk. Uh, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson coming in the end of the game uh, uh, for Labor Day, <laughs> drove down and, and, uh, and, and put points on the board. Um, so some of that fourth quarter stats gets a little bit skewed because the offense is really playing a little bit differently, but, I think it would be a point in the defensive uh, meeting rooms throughout this week to finish, to finish right, to finish well. Um, some of that, I think maybe in the, in the, uh, to speak specifically to the Ticats defense, I think that might manifest itself in keeping your foot on the gas. Don't, don't get into some of that soft coverage, keep an aggressive approach. that has been beating teams throughout the year. Um, We'll see. I think a really, really interesting thing to watch for, especially, and we hope that Frankie's able to play. He's been battling things physically as well. But you're coming uh, – the, the Argonauts had a blocked punt for a touchdown. Defensive turnovers and touchdowns, that battle on the between the two special teams units and the two defensive units uh, is going to be huge. A guy like Frankie Williams, I would love to be able to see him, but only if he's healthy. I think it's a bad move for a guy like that to come back too soon – uh, still in the midseason uh, here with, with, with playoffs and, and, and big games ahead. Big game, massive game. I think it's safe to say biggest game of the season so far for the Tiger yeah. Cats, and we could maybe say that every week from here on into the end of the regular <laughs> season. But Argos are on a short week. You look at the other East Division game that will lead into our game at Tim Hortons Field beginning at 4 o'clock Eastern between the Argos and the Ticats. But the first game at 1 o'clock Eastern is Montreal home to Ottawa. In Ottawa, same situation as Toronto. They have those four days off, so you'd have to think with that short week, it's big-time advantage Montreal. Montreal has a game in hand. They could really tighten things up in this East Division. How massive, in your opinion, is a win against the Argos on Monday? Uh, and as you start to piece the puzzles together of the East here, if Montreal is able to get the win and then the Ticats fall short, you know, then we have a really interesting uh, uh, standing in the East. And so 
uh, you know, every game is, is every, every game counts, but you can't help but say this one is pretty important. And this weekend, uh, you know, the East is going to have developed uh, and it's going to start to be taking shape. And it won't be set in stone by any means after this weekend, but it'll be, it'll start to take shape. Uh, a win for the Ticats puts them in first place in the East, gives them an equal record with Toronto and, and, and one game in hand against Toronto. Uh, and, you know, you could, you could maybe hope for, for Ottawa to, to, uh, to make that happen and, and take care of business there. But a lot of things in the balance, really, really big game uh, for the Ticats. There's no way around it. And it's going to be very exciting to see. And Argos could really put a stranglehold on first place if they walk into Tim Hortons field and get a victory, but we know that'll be tough. Tiger cats have uh, had a lead in seven of eight games this season. The only time they didn't lead was that September 10th game against the Argonauts in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So it'll be the third meeting of the season, third of four meetings. They're one and one. The Ticats and Argos should be massive. Luke, can't wait to have you back and can't wait to find out how everything shakes out on Monday. I'll see you there, RJ. Ticat fans, can't wait to have you in the house. Yes, yes. Loud on Thanksgiving and uh, the Argos Tiger Cats. We got you set up for it, 4 o'clock Eastern time. That's it for Ticats this week. Hope you'll be able to be at the game. If not, please listen on the Ticats Audio Network. We will have the call for you. The Ticats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Like and subscribe to get their preview the last weekday before every Ticats game.